0: chapter eighteen part two of the bohemians of the latin quarter by henri Mouget translated by anonymous this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter eighteen francine's muff part two the day before all saints seeing jacques more grief-stricken than ever she wished to give him courage and to prove to him that she was better she got up the doctor arrived at that moment and forced her to go to bed again jacques whispered he in the artist's ear you must summon up your courage all is over francine is dying jacques burst into tears you may give her whatever she asks for now continued the doctor there is no hope francine heard with her eyes what the doctor had said to her lover do not listen to him she exclaimed holding out her arm to jacques do not listen to him he is not speaking the truth we will go out to-morrow it is all saints day it will be cold go buy me a muff i beg of you i am afraid of chilblains this winter jacques was going out with his friend but francine detained the doctor go and get my muff said she to jacques get a nice one so that it may last a good while when she was alone she said to the doctor oh sir i am going to die and i know it but before i pass away give me something to give me strength for a night i beg of you make me well for one more night and let me die afterwards since god does not wish me to live longer as the doctor was doing his best to console her the wind carried into the room and cast upon the sick girl's bed a yellow leaf torn from the tree in the little courtyard francine opened the curtain and saw the tree entirely bare it is the last said she putting the leaf under her pillow you will not die until to-morrow said the doctor you have a night before you ah what happiness exclaimed the poor girl a winter's night it will be a long one jacques came back he brought a muff with him it is very pretty said francine i will wear it when i go out so passed the night with jacques the next day all saints about the middle of the day the death agony seized on her and her whole body began to quiver my hands are cold she murmured give me my muff and she buried her poor hands in the fur it is the end said the doctor to jacques kiss her for the last time jacques pressed his lips to those of his love at the last moment they wanted to take away her muff but she clutched it with her hands no no she said leave it me it is winter it is cold oh my poor jacques my poor jacques what will become of you oh heavens and the next day jacques was alone first reader i told you that this was not a very lively story what would you have reader we cannot always laugh it was the morning of all saints francine was dead two men were watching at the bedside one of them standing up was the doctor the other kneeling beside the bed was pressing his lips to the dead girl's hands and seemed to rivet them there in a despairing kiss it was jacques her lover For more than six hours he had been plunged in a state of heartbroken insensibility an organ playing under the windows had just roused him from it this organ was playing a tune that francine was in the habit of singing of a morning one of those mad hopes that are only born out of deep despair flashed across jacques's mind he went back a month in the past to the period when francine was only sick unto death he forgot the present and imagined for a moment that the dead girl was but sleeping and that she would wake up directly her mouth full of her morning song but the sounds of the organ had not yet died away before jacques had already come back to the reality francine's mouth was eternally closed to all songs and the smile that her last thought had brought to her lips was fading away from them beneath death's fingers take courage jacques said the doctor who was the sculptor's friend jacques rose and said looking fixedly at him it is over is it not there is no longer any hope without replying to this wild inquiry jacques's friend went and drew the curtains of the bed and then returning to the sculptor held out his hand francine is dead said he we were bound to expect it though heaven knows that we have done what we could to save her she was a good girl jacques who loved you very dearly dearer and better than you loved her yourself for hers was love alone while yours held an alloy francine is dead but all is not yet over we must now think about the steps necessary for her burial we must set about that together and we will ask one of the neighbours to keep watch here while we are away jacques allowed himself to be led away by his friend they passed the day between the registrar of deaths the undertaker and the cemetery As Jacques had no money, the doctor pawned his watch, a ring, and some clothes to cover the cost of the funeral that was fixed for the next day. They both got in late at night. The neighbor who had been watching tried to make Jacques eat a little. Yes, said he, I will. I am very cold and I shall need a little strength for my work tonight. The neighbor and the doctor did not understand him. Jacques sat down at the table and ate a few mouthfuls so hurriedly that he was almost choked then he asked for drink but on lifting his glass to his lips he let it fall the glass which broke on the floor had awakened in the artist's mind a recollection which itself revived his momentary dulled pain the day on which francine had called on him for the first time she had felt ill and he had given her to drink out of this glass later when they were living together they had regarded it as a love token during his rare moments of wealth the artist would buy for his love one or two bottles of the strengthening wine prescribed for her and it was from this glass that francine used to sip the liquid whence her love drew a charming gaiety jacques remained for more than half an hour staring without uttering a word at the scattered fragments of this frail and cherished token it seemed to him that his heart was also broken and that he could feel the fragments tearing his breast when he had recovered himself he picked up the pieces of glass and placed them in a drawer then he asked the neighbour to fetch him two candles and to send up a bucket of water by the porter do not go away said he to the doctor who had no intention of doing so i shall want you presently the water and the candles were brought and the two friends left alone what do you want to do asked the doctor watching jacques who after filling a wooden bowl with water was sprinkling powdered plaster of paris into it what do i mean to do asked the artist cannot you guess i am going to model francine's head and as my courage would fail me if i were left alone you must stay with me jacques then went and drew the curtains of the bed and turned down the sheet that had been pulled up over the dead girl's face his hand began to tremble and a stifled sob broke from his lips bring the candles he cried to his friend and come and hold the bowl for me One of the candles was placed at the head of the bed so as to shed its light on francine's face the other candle was placed at the foot with a brush dipped in olive oil the artist coated the eyebrows the eyelashes and the hair which he arranged as francine usually wore it by doing this she will not suffer when we remove the mould murmured jacques to himself these precautions taken and after arranging the dead girl's head in a favourable position jacques began to lay on the plaster in successive coats until the mould had attained the necessary thickness in a quarter of an hour the operation was over and had been thoroughly successful by some strange peculiarity a change had taken place in francine's face the blood which had not had time to become wholly congealed warmed no doubt by the warmth of the plaster had flowed to the upper part of the corpse and a rosy tinge gradually showed itself on the dead whiteness of the cheeks and forehead the eyelids which had lifted when the mould was removed revealed the tranquil blue eyes in which a vague intelligence seemed to lurk from out the lips parted by the beginning of a smile there seemed to issue that last word forgotten during the last farewell that is only heard by the heart who can affirm that intelligence absolutely ends where insensibility begins who can say that the passions fade away and die exactly at the last beat of the heart which they have agitated cannot the soul sometimes remain a voluntary captive within the corpse already dressed for the coffin and note for a moment from the recesses of its fleshly prison-house regrets and tears those who depart have so many reasons to mistrust those who remain behind at the moment when jacques sought to preserve her features by the aid of art who knows but that a thought of afterlife had perhaps returned to awaken francine in her first slumber of the sleep that knows no end perhaps she had remembered that he whom she had just left was an artist at the same time as a lover that he was both because he could not be one without the other that for him love was a soul of heart and that if he had loved her so it was because she had been for him a mistress and a woman a sentiment in form and then perhaps francine wishing to leave jacques the human form that had become for him an incarnate ideal had been able though dead and cold already once more to clothe her face with all the radiance of love and with all the graces of youth to resuscitate the art treasure and perhaps too the poor girl had thought rightly for there exist among true artists singular Pygmalians who contrary to the original one would like to turn their living Galateas to marble. In presence of the serenity of this face, on which the death pangs had no longer left any trace, no one would have believed in the prolonged sufferings that had served as a preface to death. Francine seemed to be continuing a dream of love, and seeing her thus, one would have said that she had died of beauty. The doctor, worn out with fatigue, was asleep in a corner. As to Jacques, he was again plunged in doubt his mind beset with hallucinations persisted in believing that she whom he had loved so well was on the point of awakening and as faint nervous contractions due to the recent action of the plaster broke at intervals the immobility of the corpse this semblance of life served to maintain jacques in his blissful illusion which lasted until morning when a police official called to verify the death and authorize interment besides if it needed all the folly of despair to doubt of her death on beholding this beautiful creature it also needed all the infallibility of science to believe it while the neighbour was putting francine into her shroud jacques was led away into the next room where he found some of his friends who had come to follow the funeral the bohemians desisted as regards jacques whom however they loved in brotherly fashion from all those consolations which only serve to irritate grief without uttering one of those remarks so hard to frame and so painful to listen to they silently shook their friend by the hand in turn her death is a great misfortune for jacques said one of them yes replied the painter lazare a strange spirit who had been able at the very outset to conquer all the rebellious impulses of youth by the inflexibility of one set purpose and in whom the artist had ended by stifling the man yes but it is a misfortune that he incurred voluntarily since he knew francine jacques has greatly altered she made him happy said another happy replied Lazare. what do you call happy how can you call a passion which brings a man to the condition in which jacques is at this moment happiness show him a masterpiece and he would not even turn his eyes to look at it on a titian or a raphael my mistress is immortal and will never deceive me she dwells in the louvre and her name is joconde while lazare was about to continue his theories on art and sentiment it was announced that it was time to start for the church after a few prayers the funeral procession moved on to the cemetery as it was all souls day an immense crowd filled it many people turned to look at jacques walking bareheaded in rear of the hearse poor fellow said one it is his mother no doubt it is his father said another it is his sister was elsewhere remarked a poet who had come there to study the varying expressions of regret at this festival of recollections celebrated once a year amidst november fogs alone guessed on seeing him pass that he was following the funeral of his mistress when they came to the grave the bohemians ranged themselves about it bareheaded jacques stood close to the edge his friend the doctor holding him by the arm the grave-diggers were in a hurry and wanted to get things over quickly there is to be no speechifying said one of them well so much the better heave mate that's it the coffin taken out of the hearse was lowered into the grave one man withdrew the ropes and then with one of his mates took a shovel and began to cast in the earth the grave was soon filled up a little wooden cross was planted over it In the midst of his sobs the doctor heard jacques utter this cry of egoism oh my youth it is you they are burying end of chapter eighteen part two recording by expatriate in bangor maine